Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. everybody welcome to south valley it is a brand new day to worship the lord we want you to come to your feet put your hands together and let's give praise to god if you're watching with us at home we want you to join with also and come to your feet praise god from where you are come on church
everybody doing this morning? It is good to see you all. You can have a seat real quick, but you are going to continue to celebrate and lift your voices up because we have some celebrating going on this morning. We get to see people's lives changed and transformed. Uh, we have some baptisms going on, and as they're coming out on stage, each of these individuals, come on out. Don't be shy. Each of these individuals have already made a, a profession of faith and said that uh, I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. And that is a heart change, an inward uh, change. But today we are going to witness an outward display of that inward change through the waters of baptism. We have our children's pastor, Pastor Ron over there. He's going to be taking care of all, all of them. Are you guys excited? It is, it is. Yeah, it's an exciting time. I know it could be a little like nervous up on stage and stuff like that, but you're in good hands. Ron is, o- is only going to keep you down for like 30 seconds under the water. And No, I was kidding. I'm totally kidding. They're still like, I'm, I'm a little nervous. It is so good to see you guys. And thank you for just making a public profession with your church family. And again, what you will see here is the waters of baptism. They will be lowered in the waters of baptism come out, and it symbolizes buried in Christ with baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. And it is an outward display of what they've declared in their heart. Baptism itself doesn't do anything in regards to salvation. It doesn't get you to heaven. That, that display is an outward display, and what they've already professed is what their foundation of, of salvation is based on. And we're excited about it. We want you to celebrate with us. We want you to lift your voices up and sing. We want you to shout and give praise to God and celebrate for what's going on here. And you will see some candles candles over there. Each of those candles represents each individual lighting their candle, symbolizing their light shining for Jesus. And that center candle is the Christ candle. And there'll be one candle left that symbolizes maybe there's someone in your life that you want to speak with about Jesus and get them to know the love of Christ. Maybe there's someone here today, maybe you want to know about the love of Christ, and we'd love to help you make that step of faith uh, in Jesus. And I'm going to ask you your name, and then I'm going to repeat your name back. So we're just going to go right down and, and learn who you are. Who are you? Dave Daughtry, all right, very good. And Leilani, Leilani Jones, Leilani Torres, very nice. Michelle Cleveland, and then we'll go over here. Ronnie Smith, man, I feel like I have to. You, you look good. I mean, I'm just saying. And you are. Ryan McDaniel, all these individuals, so excited to have you guys. And again, let's celebrate with them as we go into this time together.
offering as your saints bow down as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wings and the world will see that yes the world will see that
up in here keeping it alive huh how we doing good y'all can have a seat chill for a little bit y'all been standing and praising burning calories in person and on I know y'all in your living rooms is ah, getting praise on too so we want to make sure that everyone gets a chance just to relax but man what a beautiful Sunday what a beautiful Sunday we can celebrate some baptisms Oh, man. And, and guys, this is what South Valley is here for, y'all. We are here to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is one of the ways in which we get to come alongside you to do that. And we are just especially grateful that we can do that and, and be a resource to you. Because the, the walk with Christ is, is, a, is a wonderful, scary walk sometimes. It's because life is, is crazy. But we need family. We truly need family to support one another in that. And so that's what we're here for, y'all. Amen. So, um, hey, we just want to share some things. First, um, as, you, as you hopefully know, our, our senior pastor is here today. Ricky's here today. Very excited to have him here. And um, he's got just a message that the Lord has put onto his heart, y'all, that is sure to resonate. Um, it really did in the first service today. And we want to give you the opportunity not only to hear but to respond to it because there's an action that we need to take. Whenever we hear the word of God, it should move us. It should compel us. It should to set us into a trajectory of, of love and service. And, and, and we want to make sure that we as, as a church give you the chance, too, to be able to respond to that today. So once you hear that message and you feel that the Holy Spirit is moving and stirring in your heart today, we want to give you the chance to actually respond today. So um, use the Church Center app. You can do that under Sunday Services tab that's there. Uh, the seats, uh, right underneath the seats, we have connect cards that you can fill out. Fill out the information and then let us know what step you plan to take, what step you want to take. And we, as a staff, will reach out to you, we'll connect with you and resource you. Um, so that's really exciting. And then also, we're celebrating something else today. Um, we, as a church, we want to, again, lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. And one of the ways that we get to do that is by helping people to grow 
in discipleship. And we began last year a, just a, an amazing journey called Rooted, and it's a 10-week journey that um, people who are interested in that get into small groups together. They take time together and pray, dig into God's word, and to, to develop those, those rhythms, those spiritual rhythms that are meant and designed to help people to grow closer to Christ, to grow closer in uh, their relationship with God and just with, with God's people. And so we are exp- just really blessed to have been able to go through that together. But COVID kind of, you know, threw a little bit of a curveball up in here. So we had to adjust some things, but we, we made it work by the grace of God. And it's been so beautiful beautiful to see testimonies come out of that. And so today, as we are here celebrating just on a regular Sunday, we're going to be celebrating uh, more lives changed through cardboard testimonies. You're going to see some um, that uh, are going to be on the screen, and you're not going to see everybody's because I I told the first service, y'all, it's a lot of people, and I'm not wanting, it's about to be lunchtime, and I know y'all get hangry, and I will not be responsible for the hangriness that happens in this church. So, we just, we're going to show you just, you know, a, a few of them, just a, a representation. Then you're going to see some live testimonies, too, some people who are boldly coming forth to say, hey, this is my story. This is what's happened in my life because of what the Lord did through Rooted. And so we want to encourage you that if you see a testimony today that really speaks to you or just really brings out something in you, hoot and holler, y'all. Give God the praise for what it is that you're seeing. Absolutely. So... We are excited to, to bring this to you today, and if something speaks to you today, we will offer this again in the fall. Uh, we just wrapped up last week with a, a group, a set of groups rather, a few groups, so we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do. So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we love you guys, and let's enjoy some time of reflection and celebration together. Thanks. Jesus 
Father, Lord, we give you praise for being a God of life change, for being a God who sacrificed the very best for each and every one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And this morning, as we have come together, we thank you for an opportunity to be together and lift your name up. Shout your praises, Lord. We thank you for witnessing testimonies of how you have impacted lives, Lord. We just pray now that as we look into your word, Lord, you would reveal yourself even more. You would dwell among us and speak to our hearts and allow you to have just a time with you that you would speak to us, Lord. Allow us to hear you very clearly. Take steps of faith, Lord, to draw closer to you and to carry out your will for each of our lives, Lord. So again, you are exalted. You are worthy of praise. All honor and glory go to you, our Heavenly Father. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, South Valley, I just got to say, I'm already a little exhausted from these two services just because of the life change. It's just so moving to see baptisms, cardboard testimonies. Can we give it up one more time? That's just so incredible. And your worship team does such a great job. South Valley really is a happening place to be. It's been exciting to see you guys worshiping and gathering, and I've just been inspired through it. My name is Ricky Hemi. 
And it's great to be with you guys today. Uh, baptism, so we got to see these baptisms, and, and it actually is connected to my sermon today. I knew there was this life change motif going on between the cardboard testimonies and the baptisms as people were declaring that they've been made new in Jesus. The, the Greek term baptizo means to dip or immerse something in the water. And so when, when people are baptized, there's this glorious symbolism happening as they go under the water they're dying to their old way of life and as they're coming up out of the water it's a picture of new birth being born again in Jesus and and that being said we know that the new birth doesn't actually happen in the water John said in in one of the services that this is just Lamore water okay there's nothing special about that water but new birth happens through their belief John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, what? Believes Believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Today we witnessed a number of people declaring that they believe. And their belief has awakened them to a new life in Jesus Christ. They have been made alive. And, And I love this because in today's passage... We're actually going to explore an encounter that Jesus had between him and a very religious man named Nicodemus. And this guy Nicodemus, he goes to Jesus in the middle of the night inquiring how to be born again, how to be made alive. He was this guy who on the outside, he appeared to have everything going for him, but deep down he felt cold and he, he felt restless. When he was in the quietness of his thoughts, he realized something huge was missing in his life. Even though on the outside he appeared to be a standout person in the crowd. He appeared to have everything going right for him. But deep down something was not right. And so under the cover of night he sought Jesus for answers on what it means to be born again. So if you guys have your Bibles go ahead and open up now to John chapter 3. That's where we're going to hang out this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into this text together. Will you pray with me? God I thank you so much for South Valley. I thank you for the way that you're working in this place. Thank you for the baptisms and the testimonies. I pray God that today that for some of us who are in this room that we would actually believe in you for the first time. If there's something that's held us back from trusting you and knowing you, I pray you would break down those walls. For others in this room, I pray that you would deepen belief, that you would get rid of doubts and fears and anxieties and increase trust in you. And finally, for those of us who do believe and are walking with you, God, remind us of how you want to use us to share that belief with others. Give us a heart for the lost people around us. And help us to see life change. People go from death to life, being made alive in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Have any of you ever had an aha moment? A moment in your life where a light bulb went off in your head and, and, you, and, and you no longer saw things the same. I had one of these aha moments with, with my wife, Carly. Before Carly and I were dating, we were really good friends. We hung out together. We made memories together. We, we had a cool friendship and, and bond, and, and it existed through our high school career. And at the end of our high school time, I had a little celebration at my house to celebrate graduation. So I had my friends over, and I invited Carly and her friends to come over. We're hanging out in the backyard, having a good time. And, and I, I, this, this moment happened that is forever seared in my brain. I'm in the backyard, hanging with the guys. And then Carly and her friends show up. And they walk through this gate into the backyard. And when they start walking into the backyard, it was like time slowed down. Okay, it was, it was like a movie, all right? Like wind came out of nowhere. It was a nice calm day. And her hair is blowing. They're all like lined up. Do girls plan that before they walk in, by the way? They're like lined up perfectly. And I'm like, I had this moment like, oh my goodness, I need to marry Carly. And from that moment on, I'm, I, we were no, I was no longer okay with just this friendship thing. I wanted to get to know Carly, and, and, and I wanted to marry her one day. Well, f- well, after that, we started dating. 15 years later, we're still together, and we have two kids, okay? That's what an aha moment can do. An aha moment is those moments where you, you just don't, you, there's no going back. You see something, you experience something, there's no going back. Nicodemus is having an aha moment. It's a different kind of aha moment. But there's no going back for him from what he's about to experience. He's encountering Jesus, and his eyes are going to be open to something that will forever change his life. First question we have to answer, though, is who was Nicodemus? Well, John describes Nicodemus in three ways. Look at John 3, verse 1. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So we see three descriptors for Nicodemus. I'm going to look at each one in reverse order. The first thing we learn about Nicodemus is that he was a ruler of the Jews. Okay, this means that Nicodemus was a local politician. He was part of uh, an exclusive legislative body called the Sanhedrin. And although Rome was in charge during that time, when it came to affairs in Israel, this Sanhedrin group, they were the ones in charge. So he was this politician. He was a powerful, powerful man. Second thing we learn about Nicodemus is that he was a Pharisee. Okay, this means that Nicodemus was a religious leader in an elite sect of Judaism. Okay, the Pharisees, if you don't know this, they were the most respecters of, respected teachers of their, of their time. When it came to Pharisees in the community, people wanted their kids to grow up to be Pharisees. They were the scholars. They were the local heroes. Well, Nicodemus, he was one of these guys. The ancient historian Josephus writes about Pharisees, and he says that they held great influence among the people, that every religious activity was done under their instruction. This is Nicodemus. He's a powerful man, politician in Israel, 
but also a religious giant. He was the cream of the crop, the best of the best of Jewish society. This is the guy coming to Jesus. But John gives one more descriptor, one more word to describe Nicodemus, and it's easy to pass over it. He says that Nicodemus, number three, was a man. He is a man. Now, this is not a reference to his gender. This is actually a reference to his humanity, his human nature. How do we know that? We'll go back to chapter 2, go two verses back, and look at what we see at the end of chapter 2, right before going into chapter 3. This is what it says. Now, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name, and they saw the signs and miracles that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, he didn't entrust himself to them because he knew all people. And he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Did you guys catch that? Jesus just had an interaction with people, and he saw what was really inside of them, and it wasn't good. He saw that there were things going on in them that that they weren't aware of. Their heart was fickle. Their, Their belief wasn't true. And then in comes a man, Nicodemus. Now, this word is important because John is making an explicit reference here, point here, that although Nicodemus represented the upper crust of society, there was one characteristic that he shared with everybody. He was just a man. He was just a human being in need of God's grace, a human, fallen human being, just like the rest of us. Now, this is important because the one descriptor that Nicodemus needed to come to terms with more than all of his titles and all of his achievements was the fact that he was just a man, a human being in need of God's saving grace. And it doesn't matter for you and for me, no matter where we come from or what we've achieved in our lives, the one thing that we all have to come to terms with is the one thing that we all share, and that is that we all need a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We're just human beings in need of God's saving grace. No one is too messed up for Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. And no one is too good for Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Nicodemus belonged to a class of people who thought they were too good for Jesus. He belonged to a class of people who thought that they could offer enough to be saved, to break their way into the kingdom of God. But looking into Nicodemus' heart, Jesus sees his greatest need. And he says to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you're missing it. On the outside, you look awesome. Your family tree, awesome. Your good deeds, man, they far outweigh everybody else in Israel. You are the best of the best, but you're still missing it. Because in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You don't need more religion. You need regeneration. Regeneration. Now this is a vivid reminder that our sin problem, it runs so deep that 
Behavior modification cannot fix us. We have to address the root. I love the idea of rooted. We have to address the root. We have to be changed from the inside out because unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, Nicodemus pondering Jesus' words, he asked, well, how can this be? How can I be born again? I'm not sure my mom would agree to this. He said, it's kind of a weird statement. I can't imagine what Jesus was thinking when he said, said this. But Nicodemus says, how can I be born when I'm old? Can I enter a second time into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus is like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> We're not t- no, leave your mom out of this, okay? This is between you and me. For those of you who are young in the room this morning, your walk with God is between you and him. Your parents play a role in in fostering and cultivating a, a, a walk with God, but at the end of the day, the line into the kingdom is single file. It's your own belief. It's your own relationship. Can't ride on anyone's coattails. Can't trust in anyone else's story. It's your own story. Nicodemus needed to see the key to being born again. And Jesus gives them the key here in John 3, verse 5. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know from where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus gives us two keys to being born again. And I want you to to process these two keys in your own heart, in your own life this morning. What's the first key? The first key is to recognize that only God can revive you. Only God can revive you. Now there's a strange phrase in this passage. He says, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now there's some debate about what does this mean? What is this water? It kind of sounds like baptism. Others think maybe it refers to to childbirth, where where a woman's water breaks before a child comes onto the planet. It might be a little bit of a reference to that. But what this actually is a reference to is is an important uh, promise in the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, God promised a time where he would no longer dwell in a temple, in a house made by men. Instead, he would cleanse mankind, men and women, from the inside out, he'd wash them, and then he would make his home in them. He would dwell permanently in them. And this new time that he was talking about was called the New Covenant or the New Testament. And so in Ezekiel 36, we see this promise, the promise of the New Testament, the New Covenant. He says this, he says, I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols, I'll cleanse you. And I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I'll put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The Old Testament, God promised a time where he would do something miraculous in the hearts of people. And he says five times, I will, I will, I will, I will. Five times. I'm going to sprinkle clean water in you. I'm going to cleanse you, give you a new heart, put my spirit in you, and I will cause you to live a new life. In order to be revived, 
the first thing we need to know is that new life comes only from God. He is the one who comes into the hearts of broken, sinful human beings and gives them new birth. He's the one who cleanses. He's the one who changes. He's the only one who can raise us. Regeneration. We don't need more religion. We need regeneration. Now, when I think about this image of regeneration, I think of a kite. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a visual learner, okay? So you're going to see I'm going to use illustrations fairly often because this is just how I learn. So some of you like illustrations. Some of you can do, deal without them. It's okay. So I got this kite last week because it's super windy uh, in the Antelope Valley right now. It's super windy. And so we like to go to the skate park. Me and the kids, we go to the skate park a lot. We have a lot of fun. But when the wind is going like 20, 30 miles an hour, it's not very fun. So I got this kite off of Amazon because, you know, I get everything off of Amazon. Anybody? Yeah? So I got this kite, and I was waiting for a, a nice windy day to take this kite out. Now, when I got the kite, I, I opened it up out of the Amazon package. My kids looked at it, and they're like, oh, cool, Dad. Like, what do I do with this thing? Like, it's not doing anything. And I'm like, well, guys. Kites aren't meant to just sit in the house. Okay, on its own, this kite is lifeless. And I could do whatever I want to this. I could add stuff to it and make it more aerodynamic. I don't know. You guys are the, the Navy Air Station over here. You guys know more about flying than me. But I could do what I want to try to make this thing fly. But what does this thing need to fly? It needs the wind. Jesus is comparing the Holy Spirit to wind in this passage. The wind of God coming in a person's life. We are like this, apart from Christ, this dead and lifeless kite. It's without purpose when it's just sitting here. But when this kite is brought into the wind, it soars. It's lifted up. It takes off. And that's not something that it generates on its own. It's something that comes from outside of the kite. And so I took my son out. I don't know if there's a picture. I took, yeah, so there's the kite. Look at that thing. That's like 400 feet in the air, okay? This thing can soar. When the wind grabs a hold of this kite, it will soar. When the Spirit of God grabs a hold of your life, you will soar. This kite can't do it on its own, and you can't do it on your own. You need the wind of God, the Spirit of God, to enter into your heart, into your life. And when that happens, you will take off. You will be changed. And there's no going back. Makes me think of an interaction I had with a friend. I was hanging out. A friend came up to me. And he's like, hey, man, I noticed your life has radically changed. Like, you're not the same guy you used to be. I, too, want to change. What can I do to change my life? And I think he was shocked by my response because I said, honestly, you can't do anything. Like, you can't change your life on your own. You could try, and that, and that sounds maybe depressing, and it's supposed to point us in a different direction. But if you've ever tried to change, we could change for a season, and we could make little steps. But we can't make ourselves sore. And so what I told him, I'm like, if you really want to change, come with me to church tomorrow, and I'll tell you about Jesus, and you'll see he's the one who can really change you from the inside out, because the change you need is not a band-aid. You don't need just a, a tune-up. You need a complete overhaul, and only God can do that. My friend showed up to church the next morning, 
gave his life to Jesus. That kite took off so high that now he's a pastor at my home church in Lancaster. Okay? That's what can happen when we recognize that only God can revive us. That's what can happen when we recognize that we need to stop doing it by our own power and by our own strength and finally come to the one who can fill us and help us soar. If you need change today, recognize only God can revive you. It's time to abandon destructive patterns in your life. It's time to finally own up to those things that are pulling you down. It's time to finally acknowledge the person in the mirror and come to the one who can change you. Come to the one who can reshape you. Come to the one who can give you a new purpose and direction in life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Which leads to key number two. Key number one is that only God can revive us. Key number two, what part do we play in this? We repent and we believe in Jesus. That's our role. You see, I love John chapter 3 because in this passage we see the perfect blend of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. So God is the one who brings about birth. Just as you had no role in your physical birth, okay, just ask your mom that. that. That wasn't you. That was all her. You didn't have a role in your physical birth, and so you, don't, you can't make yourself come to life spiritually either. But you do have a responsibility to respond to the one who can make you come alive. You have a responsibility to respond to the person and work of Jesus. And upon belief, you are resurrected. That's why John goes on to say, well, this is Jesus speaking, Nicodemus episode, skip down to verse 16, one of the most famous passages in the world. Speaking to Nicodemus, and Jesus says, For God so loved the world, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever what? Believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not, what? Believe Believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus' invitation to Nicodemus, believe. Don't make your kite fancier. Don't try these little gimmicks to, to, to get closer to the kingdom. Because you can't go through the doors of the kingdom, until you believe. And you can't be born again until you believe. And so my instruction to you is repent and believe. Repent means turn from one way of life towards Jesus, embrace a new life, and watch what he will do. Four times Jesus says, believe, 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 because new life comes through belief. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. So Nicodemus, he needed to see that no worldly accomplishment could possibly fill the God-sized hole in his heart. What he needed more than anything was a relationship with God the Father through the person and work of the Son and be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he would soar. So what happened to Nicodemus? Well, Nicodemus 
pops up again at the end of John. John 19, right after the crucifixion. And this is what we read. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and he took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about 75 pounds in weight. Now that's just like a quick little like passing thing in John chapter 19. But do you know why I love it? I love it because in John 19, these two closet inquirers, Nicodemus and Joseph, are transformed to public professors. And it might not seem like a big deal that they're asking for the body of Jesus. But Jesus was crucified as an enemy of the state. And what party was responsible for crucifying Jesus? Do you guys remember? The Pharisees. Nicodemus' own party was the one who was driving Jesus' crucifixion, driving the people to turn on him. And now, after seeing him suffer and die on a cross, they discover no more hiding in the dark. No more closet inquiring. It's time to be bold. And they ask for the body of Jesus. And, And I don't know for sure, but this to me looks like belief. Because this, for Nicodemus, was career suicide. There's no turning back. He's turning his back on his old way of life. He's embracing a new way of life. He had an aha moment, and the time had come for him to act, to repent and to believe. So in closing for you today, today is a time for you to act. You see, when we come and we study the Word of God, the Bible warns us not to be just hearers of the Word only, but also doers. God encourages us through His Word as a church to not just come and hear and listen, but to be transformed, to soar, to take what we learn and apply it out in the real world. Right here, right now, when we gather for Sundays, this is preparation for your purpose in the real world. God intends to use you. God intends to work through you. And the the question is, will you allow him to do that? And so I want to close with giving you three ways you can act today. The first way you can act upon today's message is belief. Some of you here today may not actually be on path towards the kingdom. Some of you here today, and only you could determine that with God. I can't tell you that. Only you could determine that with God. Like Nicodemus, you have all these signs and all these awesome things going on on the outside, but maybe on the inside you've realized, I'm not born again. I'm not soaring. I'm cold. I'm dead. I'm lifeless. I'm relying on my family's history to get into the kingdom but this is a reminder the line into the kingdom is not is single is single file and so jesus invites you today he he wants you to come today like nicodemus and believe 
He's inviting you here now in this place to believe for the first time and experience what it's like to be born again, to be transformed from the inside out. And so for some of you, today is the day of salvation. It's time to finally believe. God's inviting you now. And if that's you, I want you to to indicate something on a connect card and let us know so we can pray for you, follow up with you. Jesus invites you to believe. The other way you can respond, if you're already a believer, is to choose today to deepen your belief. Here's the thing, as believers, sometimes we get a little sideways. Sometimes we start well or we go well for a season and then we kind of fall off the path. If that's you, Jesus is saying, come back. Deepen your belief. Trust in me again. Stop with the doubting. Stop with the worrying. Stop with with whatever's holding you back and come back to me like you once did and trust me again. Deepen your belief. Don't be complacent. Maybe today is a day where you decide to deepen your belief and take a next step in your journey with Christ. Maybe you decide to finally sign up for CR or maybe you decide to finally get into the next rooted group or join a small group or do volunteer for ministry or just spend regular time in the word and in prayer or just start coming regularly on Sundays. Do whatever it takes to deepen your belief. I want to encourage you, if that's you, God's calling you, respond, act today. Deepen your belief. Jesus is inviting you and he welcomes you and he takes you as you are. But the third way to respond, which is actually my most favorite of all, is to share your belief. South Valley, when I see a church like this, I don't know how many people are in the room this morning, but there's probably 300 at the nine o'clock. When I see 300 people, I actually see 3,000 people. Because I don't just see you in your seats, I see everybody connected to you. And every one of you has a group around you, eight to 15 people around you that God has supernaturally, strategically placed in your life. And you are his plan A for reaching those people. There is no plan B. You're it. And he invites you and encourages you to take your belief and bring it with you at work, bring it with you at school, bring it with you in the home, bring it with you wherever you go. He intends to use you to make disciples, to seek and save the lost. And all you gotta do is share your belief. Share it. And if that's the step you need to take this week, we added a video to the app that talks about sharing your belief. It's only two and a half minutes. Check that out. But I wanna encourage you today, act. Believe for the first time. Deepen your belief. Share your belief. Jesus is inviting you. You can soar with him. You can fulfill your purpose in him. And I encourage you this week to watch his fingerprints all over your life when you trust him with the, with the deep things of life and you see him at work in your midst and around the people that you love. Believe, believe, believe. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for doing for us what we can never do for ourselves. Reviving our hearts, making us alive, causing us to believe. I pray that this church, we together, would share that belief with the watching world, with our friends, with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with those you place in our life. And if there's anyone in this room today who has not yet believed, I pray that they would believe here now in this moment and be born again and that they talk to us after the service. 
I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we're going to be around afterwards if you want prayer. God bless. Have an amazing week. And I will see you guys again in July. God bless. See you guys.